to say that. The podcast where your questions get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here in the city of Chicago. Joining us here this week is Jed Brewer. Happy New Year. Also with us all the way from Rutgers, Tennessee, Lee Younger. We're still doing it. We're still doing the show, Matt. Still happening. You all thought we would stop at 500. We saw your emails. We read your petitions. We don't care. <laughs> we continue to do this show. I've Hit said it before. Gas, Matt. I'll More say steam. it again. Democracy doesn't work. <laughs> It's our version of the whole Rorschach bit of they'll look, they'll beg me to stop making episodes and I'll say <laughs> no. That's right. <laughs> we are going to become, we are going to smoothly transition into being an Alan Moore fan cast over the next <laughs> wow. several months. It's going to be, it's going to be dark. We are not joined by regular co-host Glenn Fitzgerald. He is still on some holiday travels. He didn't like have a 500 episode contract that we're, Intensely renegotiating or anything. It, it was those internet dollars that finally right. ran out. Matt Damon didn't pay out for you, Matt. That's right. You wouldn't believe the inflation rate on internet dollars, man. It's going wild. His Glenn Glenn got an agent who understood the contract, and now we're we're in a, I'm in a lot of trouble as far as uh, some things I, I promised to pay out. I never thought he'd. I made up uh, what I what turned out to be Bitcoin in 2012 when I was making things up. I was like, sure, they'll call it Ethereum. <laughs> People think it's worth money, but it's not. But we are going to soldier on in Glenstead. We are going to do what we do. We're going to answer some of your great questions. But first, we're going to discuss what I think might be a holiday revolution emergency. Oh, wow. Now, this is the first uh, show of 2022. We're recording here on the 2nd, so fresh off New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. And like many of you, I'm sure, around, there's been talk of, of resolution, of making oneself better, of using the the fairly arbitrary jumping off points of January 1st as a time to make positive and lasting changes. Hmm. But because he's a visionary, our own Jed <laughs> Brewer has an alternate vision for how to use this time of the year. And Jed, would you like to share that with us? Sure. You know, I mean, I think we can all agree that the self-betterment is lovely, I guess. In theory. But, <laughs> in theory. I mean, I've never been any good at it, but. I think the thing that really makes sense to me are what I have termed New Year's devolutions. Those ah. things on which you plan to devolve in the new year, to give <laughs> up, to go backwards, to try no more. Oh, gosh. So, for example, I have intended for like three years now to get caught up on the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like, I'm going really, to be, be able to, you know, you know, do the premieres and everything. I'm giving up. I will never, ever watch all of those movies. I, I know they're great. It, it's never going to happen. I, I am giving up. I'm, That's I'm amazing. I'm more of a DC guy. Now, I, I will say this, Jed. <laughs> we're, 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 at the, we're in the theater watching Endgame, which is the, you know, the, the big moment. It's 23 movies over 10 years has led up to this thing. Every single movie at the end of the credits has an end credits scene. And Endgame is advertised, we're not going to have an end credit scene. It's the end of the thing. It's right. literally called Endgame. Right there in we, the get title. To, we get to the credits, and I'm like, let's roll, bud. And my 12-year-old son at that time was, or 11-year-old son at that time was like, dude, there's got to be a scene. I was like, there's not going to be a scene. He no, was there. like, Google it. And so I Google it. I was like, there's not a scene. And he's like, no scene? And I was like, they gave you 23 movies. I never got 23, mo 23 movies. It's 10 years. You were one when this started. Dude, and he was I like, 
I still want a scene, bro. <laughs> Man, Dear Mr. I, Feige, how dare you yeah. deny me of a scene? Exactly. I saw a chart earlier this week, and not including the stuff that's a series, like, um, what's the one with, uh, with, like, the Red Witch or whatever? Um, oh, yeah, it's, the WandaVision. Yeah, uh, not including, know. like, you know, like, WandaVision, that kind of stuff. Stuff that's movie movies. They've right. created 56 hours in the that's... Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> wow. I mean, that is mind-boggling. But it takes us back to my devolution. That's never going to happen for me. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I am never, ever going to watch 56 hours of Marvel content. Look, I've had this thing for a while that I'm like, look, uh, you know, I want to be healthier. I, you know, it's it's not about like if, if I, you know, if I if I lose some weight, I'm better or anything like that. It's just I just want to be a healthy guy. I, the only I'm just gonna cut fries out of the picture. I'm yeah. really not, guys. It's not gonna no. happen. No, that's your devolution. Fries are back. They're, fries are delicious, guys. I don't yeah. know if you guys know this. Fries are amazing. Yeah. I'm just really not going to cut them out. It's not going to happen. Not going to cut them out. Not going to cut back. 2022, (laughs) fries are back on the menu. They never actually left, but there's way more of them on the menu now. I think that's excellent. I think along uh, with with Jed's there, I think I have an ongoing thing of like, man, for some of it was uh, having the, the, the kind of weird job I have, and some of it was, you know, with streaming service and all that. I feel like I really missed out on a lot of that prestige TV. Like, oh yeah, runs. like man, you know, I've never actually seen The Sopranos or or Mad Men. I'm I'm sure I'd like that. Right. It'd, be, it'd be good. I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna at some point I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna I'm gonna roll through you know these four seasons of twenty hour long episodes. But it's gonna be rewarding. <laughs> Here's the thing: every time I have a, a spare moment, something to watch, I'm I'm gonna fire up Disney Plus and watch just watch a random Simpsons episode. Yeah, <laughs> that's what's gonna happen. Yeah, that's your right, Matt. It, but at, to the point of the devolution, it just feels good to start 2022 going, I'm not going to get any better at this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah, going like to see tweets. I'm going to see people talking about, you know, how great the wire is. I'm going to be like, I bet it is great. Anyway. Oh, the Mr. Plow <laughs> episode. Here we go. One thing to, to take us shortly back to my son, who just is an endless delight to me. This dude is 13 years old. We have this, we have one of these couches that's like a, it's like a sectional, you know, and there's a, a there's kind of like an L shape. And then on one side, there's like a, a chaise lounge, you know, yep. kind of deal. And it's just his spot. He just lives there. And just the number of times that I've like come in the house and he's like just laying on the chaise with a robe on and a bag of like cheddar sun chips. Heck yeah, and bro. just just like watching anime, and he's like, "What's up, man?" <laughs> it's like that's gonna be twenty twenty two for this brother. Just, just endless Dragon Ball Z, endless Cheddar Sun Chips, endless Shay's Lounge in the robe. That's living, bro. That's living. Well, I'm just picturing him in in the in the robe with a sun chip, kind of mouth half full, pointing the TV, going, "You know what I like about this show? It has scenes." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think right. the, the scenes thing is so grabbing me because it is a great point, and I think it points more to the de- the devolution idea. Because if you are the the if you are the age of Lee's son, I assume that like half the movies he's seen in theaters, if not more, were MCU movies. For, uh, at this point, probably. And you know, other other you know franchises have picked up the the end credit sequence, the mid credit sequence after the MCU did it, like. 
I'm just imagining trying to explain to someone who's 13, like, no, 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 no. They just invented this. Like almost all the movies never did this. Yeah. Well, it's like, it's, it's like when you, when you do try to watch an older movie with your kids and they're, and you're sitting through, through like 12 minutes of credits at the beginning and they're like, what are we doing? And I'm yeah. like, look, before 1977, all the credits were at the beginning of the thing. Like George Lucas just flipped that and he had to get permission to do it. And it was a whole deal from like the Screen Actors Guild or whatever to like put the credits at the end. And that's a that's a it's a holdover from opera and the and the overture and the program and the house lights being up. And the kids are just like, shut up and play the movie piece. That <laughs> is when you know you there's there's a, a a bit of childhood that is forever lost when you're when you're watching the credits of something at the beginning and instead of being like, Oh my gosh, somebody punched something. You're just like, I wonder what a best boy does. <laughs> <laughs> Key grip. That sounds These cool. People all, all probably worked really hard. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think, you know, we, we were talking Matt the other day when you were in Tennessee of like our kids having the inability to understand the fact that when we watched the, the series lost, we had to wait for an entire week for the next oh, episode yeah. and you you had to be in one space at one time or you would miss it period the end yeah that that train's not coming back no yeah well there's the the personal ones i think uh a, i think taste in media is a big space for the devolution like i'm going to explore new artists uh, you know i'm not i'm going to listen to the same five things i always listen to it's fine <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah you're not going to magically become a more sophisticated person here's here's the whole message of the new year's devolution that's cool yeah it's great i'm gonna listen to biography or i'm gonna read biographies this year no i'm just gonna keep listening to this college football play uh, podcast yeah heck that's yeah right. you are that's they a keep devolution right there <laughs> i'm gonna listen to grown men yell about a sport that 19 year olds play <laughs> that's right well i also like the uh kind of a soft devolution of maybe i'll sprinkle in some other stuff into the thing I do, but it's doing fine. Like, yeah, maybe I'll, maybe I'll sit down and watch that, uh, that old movie, you know, maybe I'll really try finally watch that Orson Welles movie. I I've, I've always thought I would enjoy. There's going to be a lot of cartoons around that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's going, this is going to happen. Like there'll be a lot of like community reruns. I'll watch the third man. It's noir. I'm sure I'll enjoy it. But it's not going to like, I'm not going to become a, an aficionado. I'm not going to get a Criterion membership just because of that. I'll just mix it into the slop. There you go. There you go. There you go. That's, I think that's a good revolu- resolution. 2022, mix a little vegetable into your slop. <laughs> where, do you think we, where do you think this podcast fits in our in in people's general devolution lifestyle huh oh. that's an interesting question like we're, we're viewing this from the perspective of our lives now let's flip the camera angle to our listener are we like part of the devolution or are we like now i'm gonna listen to I'm going to listen to every episode of Say That when it drops and get the wisdom. That's or is it like, question. I'm going to listen to those four guys make fun of Christian crap again all yeah. year. I, I wonder, the, the, the general premise of the show is, you know, we, we answer questions. We try to make people 
people's lives better. So I think that has a a self-improvement, a, a betterment issue when you come to it. Quite. But I imagine that for the longtime listener, for someone who enjoys this, it is it has become a devolution. Like I think your I think just listening to the podcast results in a personal devolution. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to this and I'm gonna learn about the Bible and I'm gonna do some stuff. Guys who've done some stuff on the front lines, and I'm gonna, and then you listen to it, you're like, well, these guys seem to, these guys seem to be in the club, and they're like that, so maybe I don't have to try as hard. I'm doing great. <laughs> Actually, I think in many ways that is really the service that we offer. Is like, you know, sometimes you know you, you go out in public and and you know you see, you know, depending on where you go, you see people maybe. Uh, it's not their best day. And you think, well, I'm not doing too bad then. I thought I was doing terrible, but by contrast, I'm doing pretty good. That is the service that we offer to people in Christianity. Is nice. you, you, you tune into the show <laughs> thinking, I'm kind of crappy as a Christian. I'm not really doing a great job. Then you listen to us like, oh, I'm doing great. I am just, I feel so much better now. Yes. Well, I think it's a great point because the four, the four guys you hear on this show regularly uh, all have a life where People seek them out to get their opinions about like spiritual stuff. And when you came to the show, you may have had a vision in your mind of what someone who has that <laughs> role in life talks and acts like. And uh, I hope we've shattered that for you. Especially if you've hung out with us in person. Yeah. yeah. If, you're, if you're willing to just like be nice. And uh, when people say a sad thing, make a sad face. And when they ask, what do you think of that? Say something vaguely encouraging. Uh, it turns out you're actually getting really far. Yeah, you're doing pretty good, man. Quite. And that's the thing we want to, as we roll into 2022, the bar is way lower than you think it is. <laughs> <laughs> In almost everything. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Whatever the, you know, the, the, the thing that rolls around like at every January 1st where it's people are like, oh, they're going to get shape. And there's some poor, you know, physical therapist or personal trainer doctors like just go for a 30 minute walk every day. Nope. Right. Don't start at CrossFit. Don't, don't try to get a six pack just for, for <laughs> January, just 30 minute walk every day. I feel like we're the spiritual equivalent of that to be like, you think you need to do a lot of stuff. Just, just take it easy. It's <laughs> fine. That is profoundly true. That is the best description I've ever heard of this. Here's the here's the thing, Matt, is um if 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 somebody who's listening to the sentence you just said tuned in to the the feed of the Triple C podcast for the sermon I gave uh, a scant eight hours ago in this building in which I'm recording this mess this uh, podcast. They would hear almost the same thing. That was basically the heart of my message. Let's all relax this year. <laughs> yeah. We're good. <laughs> and that's a way forward. And I think we're starting starting the year off as we mean to go on with the acknowledgement that uh you know, things are gonna be a little th- things are gonna be a little messy. That's that's cool. That's gonna be 2022. We acknowledge it. We're going to uh, you know. We're going to enjoy our DC movies and our Simpsons episode and our French fries. And we're all going to get through it together. That's what we're going to do on this yeah. podcast right here. Uh, we're also going to continue to bring you our bridge cast every Sunday at 7 PM central time. So if you need a little bit of that, it's, it's definitely got a, what the critics are calling a certain lo-fi charm. <laughs> 
Uh, so you can you can check that out. We hope you come and join us. If you can't catch it live, that is archived over at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Chicago, where you can find all that stuff. Okay, we're going to jump to our first question here. If you can handle this all the way to the end, I'll give you some ways you can get in touch with us, or you can scroll down into your episode description wherever you're listening to this and click the links you find there. Our first question comes in is a very good uh, January first question. And it says, what is one thing I can do to have a stronger walk with the Lord in 2022? A pretty wide open question, but I think it's a great place to start off. And Jed, where would we go with it? Man, that is a great question. And I'm going to tell you about something that I'm intending to work on. Like this, unlike a devolution, I'm going to actually try and do slightly better in the following. But I, I think it requires a little bit of a, an explanation, which is to say that I think a lot of us have been led to believe by Christian culture that if you are a sincere Christian, there are certain things that will just materialize in your life, uh, like uh, joy, like just you'll just wake up one morning, bam, joy. And then that's, you know, you have joy now. But I think that there's a lot of stuff that we really (laughs) need that's really valuable that we need to intentionally cultivate. Mm. That's that's not exactly the same as saying that we earn it because Christianity is not really about earning things, but there are things that we cultivate, right? And so, for example, uh, gratitude is definitely something you can cultivate. Like there, there's no question about it. You can absolutely intentionally build, develop, cultivate a sense of gratitude as a practice in your life, the same way that people practice yeah. yoga or they practice meditation. You could, you could think of it as, uh, if you want to use this language as a spiritual discipline, but you know, gratitude, thankfulness is something that you can choose to cultivate intentionally. So for me, uh, the one that I'm, I'm certainly intending to try and cultivate more intentionally is hope. Um, I think a lot of us, I think I've spent too many years thinking of hope as something I should just have. Like if you're a Christian, you should just have hope. And I think one of the things that the last couple of years have really kicked my butt on in terms of reminding me deeply is that's not how hope works, dude. Hope Mm. is something that you need to cultivate. Um, God wants you to have it, but part of him giving it to you is you cultivating it, recognizing that in large measure, I think it's a spiritual discipline. It's, it's an intentional practice in that in seasons where cynicism and despair are endemic, which is a word I'm using intentionally because of the way it ties into current global events. Um, when cynicism and despair are things that are really going around and really hard to get away from, at least for me, like I need all the hope I can get. And, and it, I'm probably not going to do great with the scraps of hope that I randomly come across when I'm not really looking for them. So I'm going to try and work on, again, as an intentional practice, as, as something of a spiritual discipline, working on cultivating hope in my life, keeping hope present in my life, keeping hope um, near as I make decisions, as I try to understand what's going on in the world around me, as I, as I think about what is, is possible or not. Um, I mean, we know that with God, all things are possible, but all of us put limits of what we believe possibility is on our own decision-making. Like everybody does that. And I think Mm. that you know, we need, you know, to, to see that which is not yet, you do need hope, which means you need to cultivate hope. So if you're dealing, that's just for me, you don't have to do any of that. Um, but if, if you're finding that cynicism and despair is something that is 
um, totally choking the will to live out of you on a day in day out basis. Uh, I think that looking at intentionally cultivating hope in 2022 might be something that would help with that. I love that. I think that's such a great place to, to start off. And Leah, let me get you to pick us up there. Cause again, I just love the direction Jed took that idea, but maybe we can even walk it back because there is a kind of, for lack of a better term, Sunday school list of things that people might think of. Yeah. You know, I want to do the Christian thing better this year and it's X, Y, Z. And there are things on that list that could go good or bad and are not as going to be as helpful attitudinally as what Jed's talking about. So where do we start with that distinction? Yeah. I I think when I read your question, the thing that I realized was if somebody gave you a list um, of things to do, those could go sideways really fast or they could be really helpful really fast depending on one distinction, which is what's the perspective? Like whatever you do this year as a believer in Jesus, depending on where you're coming from, it could be something that would be really healthy for you or really unhelpful. So let's take, like Matt said, the this kind of Sunday school list. If somebody said, well, in 2022, I want to read the scriptures more uh, diligently or more regularly. I want to give myself to to worship in my church community in a, in a more consistent way. I want to give my energy to serving people, to um, to to looking at, at a place where Jesus could use me and give myself in those things. All those things from the from the outset, it sounds all really positive and good, like reading the scriptures, uh, giving yourself to worship, serving people, all that's really good. But if the perspective is off, all of that could become really, really burdensome really fast. So here's the perspective check we want to do is, do I think that any of that stuff, any of that kind of Sunday school, normal Christian list, do I think that any of those things earns my spot with the Lord? Do I think that I could improve my situation or my relationship with the Lord based on those things being more consistent? If you think my relationship with the Lord would be more consistent or he would be happier with me or whatever, if I read my Bible more consistently, stop right there. That perspective will crush you. That will be a curse. That will be a burden. That will be a thing that will burn you out and and that will take you out every single time. We the, the the truth of the Christian experience is that Jesus has done everything to secure for you a relationship with the Lord that is completely dependable, completely close, completely rich, all of that stuff. You don't impact the level or the closeness of that relationship by your Bible reading or your church attendance or your serving or anything like that. But if you looked at all of those things from a different perspective, from the perspective of, I know that my identity with the Lord is secure. I know that he loves me. I know that I don't have to do anything to earn that or prove that in any way. And I do all of those things out of a place of gratitude and affection for him and just a desire to have good things in my life. So I serve because it gives me fulfillment, and I worship because I get a sense of community and friendship, and and you know, and and it, it it's good for my spirit. Or I read the scriptures because I get wisdom there, and I get good, solid conviction there, and all of that is healthy and good. That completely changes it. All of that to say, 
Whatever you do in your walk this year, make sure that you have a correct perspective on it because that can change whatever you're doing from a curse to a blessing. Um, And if you have the wrong perspective, it can change a blessing into a curse. If there's a thought in your head that whatever I'm doing will earn or prove or improve my relationship with Jesus or make us closer or I'll make him happy in these things, that is going to be a burden and a curse. If you recognize my identity in Jesus is we are good, I cannot, I didn't make this relationship, I can't break this relationship, we are good, I'm not in trouble, I'm not in a race, I'm not competing with anyone, and everything I do is just for my own fulfillment and betterment because Jesus has good things for me, then whatever you do is going to, has the potential then to bring you all of that fulfillment and that goodness. So I would say, whatever you do, make sure that you take time to think about the why question. That's the heartbeat of this. Why am I doing what I'm doing? Whatever I do at that point is going to bring me a, a different layer, a different level of fulfillment and joy and, 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 and you know, even success and growth than if I have a, a really funky answer on the why question. I'm not earning anything with Jesus. I'm not proving anything to him. All of this comes out of a place of gratitude and a desire just to, to, to be healthy. And then you're going to have a totally different result. I think that's also so strong. That attitude piece is just so important. It really reflects all, all the way back into what, what Jed was saying. You know, lo- looking for things to be hopeful about starts with an attitude of needing to grow and needing help and all that that stuff. Jed w- was talking about. I think as we kind of go forward into another year, and especially the year we've had coming off the year we're having. Um, one thing that would probably uh, serve you pretty well is an ongoing uh, comfort with reevaluating. Like, there, it's a very different world in a lot of ways than it was in March of 2020. Uh, a lot of people have, you know, changed or something was revealed about them or some institutions, and, you know, there's just a lot that is up in the air. And I think a lot of us have learned in the last couple of years that you can try to cling to something. You can try to force something into an old box. You can try to, you can just spend a lot of emotional energy being freaked out that things are, are different or not what you thought. And what does that mean? And I think as you know, Jed's talking about hope and Lee's talking a lot about peace in his answer um, to kind of, as part of, we, there's a phrase that is used in, uh, addiction recovery that we use a lot in our kind of work and here on the show, and it's, uh, dealing with life on life's terms. And in order to do that, you kind of have to hold a bit loosely to your, uh, perceptions and your, uh, uh, ideas about things and where things stand and where stuff is. And as you hold a little looser to that stuff, it, I think it, one of the things you would find out, one of the things I found out in the last year is it really opens up your ability to do the clinging to the hope and the peace and the identity mm. and the things that Jed and Lee were talking about. When you let go of some of those details and say, okay, maybe I didn't have a great read on this situation or maybe this 
I, this was fine for five years ago, but I haven't looked at it in a couple of years and I need to look at that now. And to have that kind of little bit of active part in all the changes that are going on around you, it allows you to, for me, and I think for a lot of people, it allows you to focus some energy on the things that don't change and the things that won't change. And that really, really can be a peaceful and a hopeful place like these guys were talking about in their awesome answers as well. Move on to our next question here. It comes in and says, I achieved a lot of my long-term goals in 2021. I know that should feel good, but I'm actually feeling really anxious because I don't have any new goals lined up. Is it weird that I can't feel okay not having a goal? A, a, a very cool question, and I love the angle of that because I think in general, and particularly this time of year, we hear a lot about how amazing goals are and how useful it can be. And we, again, we, we agree with that for the most part, but Jed, where would we start off with this idea of maybe overdoing it a little bit on the goals? Yeah. I mean, I think like a lot of things, we really need left and right limits, right? So if you absolutely cannot function, you know, without a stated, defined, verifiable goal, that's, that's going to mess with your life. You know I mean? Yeah, we, let's go have some pizza for dinner. Why? What are we hoping to accomplish with our pizza dinner? <laughs> that's that's going to get in the way of basic life, man. <laughs> let's learn to make the pizza. Then we'll have done something. <laughs> yes, that's not a good way to live. But, you know, on, on the other hand, never having any goals about anything is not healthy either. So, you know, I don't care what happens. Like, that's that's probably not a recipe for a particularly satisfied life. And I know I've tried that particular one. I can assure you that that, that gets old pretty fast. So, <laughs> so I think that this is one where we, we do want to find kind of a healthy space in the middle where we have some goals and um, we're able to keep them in proportion. We're able to keep them in a healthy place. And I think part of figuring that out is asking to what extent do goals help you versus control you, right? If goals, if, if having a certain level of goals in your life and a certain degree of organization about your goals, if that kind of helps you kind of be at your best and helps you be motivated and whatnot, that's a great thing. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, the, the idea of like, you know, I feel like this is helpful. Probably it's, you know, it's a terrible, sinful thing controlling my life. That's, that's not true. Um, but again, if you, if you find yourself in an extreme place of like, I just cannot function in the absence of a defined goal. Well, th that would be something to, to look at. Right. So for me, I do best with about eight hours of sleep. Um, I absolutely can get up on five hours of sleep, but you're not getting the a grade Jed Brewer experience. If we do that <laughs> now, by contrast, if I'm like, you know, if eight hours of sleep is good, what about 12, maybe a good 14. Well, now we're going too far in the other direction. I, I, I won't feel better. I'll actually feel worse. Now sleep has completely taken over my life. It's, you know, it's gotten way out of pocket. Well, a similar thing can be, can be true with goals, right? All of us have things that help us to be at our best, but they only really help us to be at our best when we know the right proportion of them. You know, mm. too much or too little is counterproductive. Too much or too little is actually gumming up the works. And so I think that's really the, the first thing, if it were me, for you that I would want to look at is, do you know when goals are at their most helpful in your life? Um, you know, the point where it's helping to keep you motivated, it's helping to keep you on track, it's helping to keep you organized. 
that's all good stuff. But do we have a sense of when we're starting to dip from that into, okay, now the goals are starting to control me. Now the goals are starting to make things less good and kind of, you know, rob me of a certain amount of peace and joy rather than giving me, you know, more of those things. That's the thing I'd have you look at rather than goals are good or goals are bad because I don't know that it quite works that way. I think it's it's a great, great place to start that off. And Lee, where do we go from there? I, I when I read this question, I just kept thinking about like um, just average commercials you see. If you like at this point with all the streaming services of of television shows, the only time I really see commercials is when I'm watching live sports. And live sports still have all the commercials, and one of the things that if you just dipped in and watched a few commercials, the one of the things you would learn immediately is that in our culture, complacency is evil. That is an absolutely evil thing. Like just feeling like I have permission to chill. That's like, that's what evil people do, man. Because between the Peloton commercials or the, you know, the Nike run commercials or the Apple watch tracking all your exercise commercials or the whatever, all the things, it's like the thing that is heralded in our society is that nonstop hashtag grind life kind of living where it's like, you cannot stop. Um, and, and just in the middle of all of that advertising, which all of advertising is just to get you to spend money on something, um, I just want to insert a, a, a quick little Bible verse as we are uh, a podcast that derives a lot of wisdom from the scriptures. Um, this is from Mark chapter 6. It says, Then, because so many people were coming and going, they did not even have a chance to eat. Jesus said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. I, I love the sentiment here. Jesus is like, he recognizes we have hit a place where it's too much. Everything needs to stop and we need to rest. Balance and rest are not a value in our society. The thing that's a value is you just keep going until all you are is just a machine. Like we, we herald people who who work out like machines. We want, um, we want to get connected on a workout machine that will connect us to the rest of the world, to some instructor who does not let us rest. And Jesus's whole thing is, hold on, hold on. Exactly as Jed said, there's left and right limits here. It's a good thing to have a, a goal that you're trying to meet. At the same time, if you don't have time to stop and eat, everything needs to shut down. And you guys need to come over by yourselves with me, and we need to stop everything and just rest. This is the same dude who said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and get some rest. Like, find some rest for your souls. I think a great attitude to cultivate in the middle of a culture that that heralds and makes a moral stand over the grind lifestyle, which it's not a moral stand. It's just some people just don't stop, and then they make that a thing or whatever. A great attitude to cultivate here would be celebrating some things that you've done that have been good and finding some balance and rest. So that, what we're talking about here marries perfectly with what Jeb was talking about. Not all goals are bad. Some goals are really healthy and good. And what we don't often do is stop at the end of a goal meeting and celebrate the fact that we met that goal. Yeah. And that's a time yeah. to take a break and 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 chill and rest. Um that's a really really good thing. I was 
oddly, I was listening to um, an interview from a, a college football coach who was there. His team was about to play in a bowl game. That, that's a, that's like for, for international listeners after their whole sports season is over, some teams get invited to play in these extra games that don't really count for very much, but they get to do this and they, and they're usually at cool locations where they get to kind of have a mini vacation as a college student. It's kind of a cool thing. But all anyone expects a head coach to say in this environment is, we're going to work hard, we're going to practice hard, and we're going to win this game because we just, we're just, that's the way we play and perform and all these things. And they interviewed this coach and he said, he said, well, you know, it's, it's been a cool week and uh, we've had some good practices, but I always, also want to make sure that these guys get a chance to enjoy this, this beautiful place that we're in and have some vacation and have some hangout time and get to go to an amusement park. And you could tell that the journalist was a little lost for words. They were like, wait a minute, what? And he was like, yeah, we just, you know, we, I mean, we want to, we want to, we want to play well in the game, but we also want to take some time to enjoy this week. And so, you know, we want to strike the right balance between that. And I was just sitting at home on my couch, just like, that's amazing. This guy gets it. Like, yes, they want to play well in this game, but also like, they're, they're also have a reward for a season well played, which is enjoy the fact that we did some cool things and take a break. So I think that's an important attitude. There's, there's some goal setting that's, that's good, that's going to be good for this year. But also, when you meet a goal, take a moment and enjoy that. I used to do this thing at, when I was in college, which was at the end of finals, I would go to a store and I would just buy myself a gift. I would just buy a present. And it was just, I spent my own money on something that I wanted. I didn't have to explain that to anyone. And it was just a, hey, pal, you made it through finals. Here's a thing you like. Enjoy it. Um, one time, I bought myself a skateboard. One time, I bought myself a double album by a band I really liked. Like, that was when you had to pay for individual music offerings by artists. But, like, it was a thing. It was just like, I bought a thing, for, and, and I was celebrating a win. So I would cultivate the idea of rest is good, working hard for a goal that you've set is good, but celebrating a goal that you've, that you've met is a good and a valuable thing too. All of these things kept in balance will, will keep you within the left and right limits that Jed described, but you've got to take time to celebrate goals once you meet them. I think that's all great stuff. Jed, what do you got on this? Just to back up what Lee's saying, I think something that's fascinating because that's such good stuff is even if you took the perspective of saying, all I care about is being high achieving. I just want to, I want to max it out. I want to win all the awards and all the blue ribbons and whatnot. There's a mountain of evidence and research that says taking time to rest, recuperate and celebrate is actually how you would get there. Like if just output, like just pure achievement was the thing you cared about, you would build in a rest recovery and celebration cycle in order to get there. The whole, the, the whole grind thing literally burns itself out. Like that is not how you arrive at a, a level of high achievement. And I don't think people discuss that at all. Yeah, absolutely right. I think um, there's this idea kind of tying into what Lee was saying about kind of that grind thing of that if you are too easy on yourself, then you will kind of not operate at peak efficiency. And it's just part of that's insane because, well, as Jed's pointing out from actual, like if you talk to people who, are be it like physical trainers or management consultants or whatever, like the, the rest and the celebration are critical to getting the, the best work and the most growth out of situations. The other thing that makes that insane as a kind of life thing is 
life is hard. Like life will find ways to be hard without you looking for it. Yeah. So you don't really need to, to double up on that as a great example of this from, uh, Lee was talking about, uh, uh, college football bowls. So, uh, a couple of them this year got canceled because, uh, teams had too many people in the COVID protocol and couldn't feel the team, the whole thing. Uh, one of those was there's a bowl that's played in Hawaii every year called the Hawaii bowl. Most of the time, one of the teams that plays in it is the university of Hawaii because, you know, it's way out there. So it's a little hard, hard to traveling. get there. Yeah. Yeah. This year, their opponent was going to be the university of Memphis and uh, Hawaii had to cancel because they uh, had too many people with the COVID protocol. Not only did the university of Memphis, uh, players and team stay the entire time. They also brought the trophy home with them. Even though they didn't play the game. Cause <laughs> here's the thing is their trophy. Uh, and that's totally valid. That seems like that's a good right. experience. Nobody else won it. But I, I think it, as, that's a goofy way of saying the, there are probably goals you are achieving, even if they aren't the, I set mm. out to strive for a great thing. Like good call. You can start looking for the wins around yourself as opposed to looking for the opportunities for losses around yourself. And you're probably going to find the, you know, there's actually some things I do every morning that are pretty good. Or I check in with with this friend or I did read that book and I didn't, it didn't feel like a grind because I just liked it, but that that was still a thing I did. Um, There's probably more structure and forward movement in your life just as part of life than you might give yourself credit for. And it's not a bad thing to go ahead and take the trophy. If it's uh, just given up to you right there, that's not, it's not a cheat. That's not meaning you're, you're not going to uh, want to do things forward, but kind of as, as Jed started us off, a lot of people get a lot of different things from goals. It's not all motivation. Some for sometimes it is the idea of structure and the idea of being able to check something off the list and all that. Um, and there's nothing wrong with looking for things you can check off the list, looking for areas that are giving you structure that are just kind of built in because built in success is a really good thing. Getting to yeah. that, that cruise point is a really, really good thing because there's going to be uh, seasons and times when it's all, you know, when it's all having to dig in and, and push uphill. So you have a time where it's, there's a little bit of coast that's, not a bad thing. It's not a, a, a doesn't mean you're always going to be there uh, again. Life finds a way to, uh, to add resistance. So there's nothing wrong with taking <laughs> that rest day when, when it comes, we're going to move on to our final question here. It comes in and says, where do I draw the line between making plans and letting things happen? I always hear people tell stories about when they didn't know that they, what they were going to do. And God revealed this amazing opportunity, but I feel like taking an active role in making plans is good too. So what's the balance? And a, another very cool question. And Jed, where would we kick off here? Awesome question. And I, I think that this is a both and. Uh, I don't think that it's one or the other. I think it's a both and. And Jesus talked a lot about farmers and certainly agricultural metaphors come up throughout the Bible for pretty obvious reasons. And at least in first century Palestine, being a farmer was definitely a combination of your personal effort and hoping desperately that God would show up and bless those efforts. It, it was the ultimate both and. Because, like, you can till that soil. You can be out there all day in the hot sun, and you can till it, and you can plant those seeds. You can't make it rain. And if it doesn't rain, you got a big problem, man. This is not going to go the way that you want it to. So um, the people who are responsible for making sure that everyone ate 
their bottom line was a combination of effort and hoping for God's provision and God's blessing and that God would come through. And I think that's true really for all of us in our in our lives today. I think that on the one hand, you do need to put in the the effort and the focus and the whatever else to build a life that you feel good about. Um, you know, we, we don't need to worry about whether that's that's earning anything, but like you, you, it is something that you probably do need to actively build and actively work on and work towards. But at the same time, remaining open to inspiration from the Holy Spirit, remaining open to God just bringing new things and, and new opportunities uh, into your life, uh, you know, being open to um, the idea of meaningful coincidence that sometimes, um, you know, something yeah. happens and it, and it really does mean something and, and you are meant to to pay attention to it. He, here is my, you know, silly media reference and it's from a very old movie at this point, but I, it's just it's one of the stuck with me. I've never forgotten about it is. The, the really cool Tom Hanks movie, Castaway, right? Um, towards the end of the movie, he's being asked, you know, like, what big lesson did you learn or, you know, what, you know, what kept you from, from just, you know, giving up? And he's talking about, well, you know, it'd be some dark moments and I don't even know, but you never know what's going to wash up on the shore the next day. And obviously in the context of that movie, he meant that literally because he's on a deserted island and stuff would wash up on the shore. But man, I have found that to be so true in my life that, you just don't know what's going to show up tomorrow. And I think given the last two years that we've all had, it's easy for that to sound like a threat. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, <laughs> do you? But like, <laughs> you know, I mean, sometimes there is that element, but actually that element exists to the good too. You know, I mean, mm. um, it, like sometimes, I mean, like in, in, in my own life, I'm not saying this would be true for anybody else, but just my own life. Like, one day the girl I was going to marry just walked through the door of the place I was, um, you know, I mean, how do you predict that? You know, that there's, there's no such thing as that. So I think it goes back to that both and that you, you build a life that you feel good about and, and you should do that. You should not wait around for, a, you know, maybe someday I'll, I'll make a life that I feel good about build a life that you feel good about today, mm. but stay open, stay open to inspiration, stay open to new things, stay open to God's provision and God coming through for you to, to meaningful coincidence, to things that you weren't looking for, but that, that ping something inside of you. I think if you're building a life that you feel good about in an active way, but staying open at the same time, I think you've got it as good as it gets. And I think you're going to see God bless that. Absolutely. I agree. I think it's a great, great place to start off and leave. What would we have to add to that? It's such great stuff. There, there, there's really, I don't have a different note to come in on that. I, I, I had basically a, a very similar thing in my own kind of notes and response. But the one thing that I, that I would just kind of, um, I guess, add to that is the idea of like when you're thinking about the intentionality of you building in your own plans in life. I think the 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 thing that I would want to add into that that expectation of God showing up is the flexibility of you being open to um, the individuality of who you are, what works for you and what doesn't. So like when you like, you know, like if, if you're going to change a part on your car and you're going to like, I'm going to look up a YouTube video and I'm going to figure this out. Cause I should be, I don't need to take this into the shop. This is something I can work on in my own car or, or something on some appliance at your house. And you look up a YouTube video and you find the exact model and the, you have the exact part and everything. What they tell you to do is exactly what you need to do. 
that's very rarely true with a person. You have a different learning style. You have different weaknesses and strengths. You have just you just have different experiences, different history. And so as you make your own plans, just be open to the idea that like this is a very malleable process. This is a very changeable process. I want to be I want to have the humility and the flexibility to understand that as I as I make plans and I grow and I learn, I need to be open to the idea that all of this is changeable based on some of these things that would work for Matt won't work for Jed. And some of the things that would work for Jed won't work for me. And some of the things that would work for, you know, it's just all of that is going to be different. So as you make your own plans and that intentionality of working out your life, be okay with the thing that worked for this person, that didn't really work for me. And so I'm going to try a little bit different angle on that or a little bit different thing. And within that, understanding exactly as Jets, I love the phrase meaningful coincidence. Just expecting that like God is just going to show up sometimes and open a door for me or, or make a thing re- like revealed to me that, that nobody else saw coming or, or, just, or just answer a prayer. And, and I think the, the only other wrinkle I would add to this is let that inform the way you pray. All the things you heard from Jed and all the things that, that I'm trying to add into this too, the humility of like, I don't work exactly like anybody else works. This is not a plug and play type of situation. I can't just watch a YouTube video to, set, to figure out how to make plans for my 2022 or my new year or my, you know, finding a new job or getting into, you know, working out my next relationship or anything. All that stuff's going to be fingerprint. So I need to be I need to be malleable, flexible, and humble about how all this stuff works for me in ways it doesn't work for anybody else. And I'm going to actually have a hope and an expectation that God's going to show up in some unique ways. I need to pull all of that, all of the things that Jed said, and all the things I'm trying to say about the uniqueness of your situation and the mystery of God, I need to translate all of that into prayer. Let this be a big impact on the way that you talk to the Lord this year. Lord, show me the thing that is unique to me. Show me the thing that I need to focus on or work on. Show me the thing that I need to understand and learn. And like, would you, would you just flat out show up for me in this one thing? Because I have no idea yeah. what I'm supposed to do here. Um, you know, I've got a couple of things going on in my family situation, in my life, in my relationships that I'm trying to figure out what's the weird little like chink in the armor that I don't see because of the funky things about my personality or my history or my triggers or whatever. And also I'm just saying to the Lord, like, Hey, there's this, there's this one thing. I just need you to hook me up. And so far you haven't hooked me up in this, but I'm just going to keep asking for you to hook me up in that. And there's a lot of biblical reasons for you to think that the Lord is great with that kind of prayer language. Um, Hey, I'm asking you again, just hook me up. I don't know what you're going to do. I don't know how you're going to work that out. I know that I'm funky in these ways or that way or whatever. Yes, let all of that, the individual individuality of your weaknesses and strengths, your little quirks and whatever, have the humility on that, have the intentionality on that, and then just let all of this kind of funnel into your prayer life and asking the Lord to hook you up. I think that's all amazing stuff, and I dovetail with just what both these guys are saying of this is definitely a balance thing. And I would, I would say is a warning we've given about other things on the show over the years. Um, 
you have to be a little careful taking people who are recounting stories that that take place over a large period of time and have a ton of complicated factors in them uh, at totally face value. Like the idea of, you know, we we've made fun of before of, you know, I was just, I was just in the Bible study and there she was. And I knew that we would get (laughs) married. Like, okay, Ronnie, how many other women did you think that about before you were right? Like, um, and, but again, there's some truth in something like that, you know. Jed says, you know, I was I was in the place where where my wife walked through the door. It happened to all three of us. We also happened to all be in places where we would meet the kind of person we would want to get involved with. Yep, right. So that's, true. that's there's a definitely an air a, a bit of serendipity and some you know some cosmic stuff going on there. But there's also a choice that was made, maybe several choices that get you to X place. And I think this kind of ties into the question about goals and about being strict. <laughs> Jed about did things. not meet his wife at a cage match in Thailand. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I did not. No, but there's, you know, there's a part of Jed's uh, lovely and gentle bride that would be strangely at home at such a thing. And I think it's, it's true. <laughs> I'm sure she could hold her own there yeah. about her character. Um, but you know, there's this, idea of being very structured and there is a way for structure and other things to coexist as these guys have pointed out you know if you think i need to, i want to do something about my relationship life or my job or my church uh situation the the problem for a lot of people i think is when they try to build that whole that whole thing from step 1 and then live into the the very detailed picture they have built because that's just going to cause a lot of problems because almost nothing works that way if you take it one step at a time and do some reevaluation and uh some redirection when you hit hiccups or when you hit open doors or closed doors uh you're going to have this very cool thing where you are making moves you are uh, being active, you're taking that assertive step, hopefully, you know, based on a lot of prayers Lee was saying, but then you're also, you and God are on the team and you're, you're yeah. communicating, you're, you're checking in, you're audibling, you're moving. This didn't work. That kind of worked. This is, you know, still a sore point, all that stuff these guys are saying. And it's, it's a great way to go. And again, it's kind of the way that stuff tends to always work in the, you know, in the before or the after, we we can try to put different narratives on that of I was, you know, going entirely in this direction and it just happened out of nowhere or it came together exactly the way I planned it. But if God's going to do things his way, the best thing we can do is kind of at every step of that situation, try to get on the same page, get on the team, uh, be a part of that conversation. And that is an active thing, as these guys are pointing out. I think another thing here is that people often do not give themselves credit for how active they are being. You know, if you're, let's say you're unhappy at your job and you spend an hour a day, just, just kind of cruising around, you know, job postings or looking at, uh, grad school stuff or whatever. You may not be pulling the trigger yet, but here's the thing. You're actively engaging that concept. You're actively having a step in that. And you might roll across that, that thing that you see is just super interesting or that program that feels like it'd be a great fit. And that's where that kind of 
oh, well, it was just a lightning strike moment happens, but that's because you were acknowledging, you know, the, the tug, the Lord's put in your heart about something you were starting to explore in that way. And the one little step at a time. And that really, really does lead to some good things when you follow those threads and the very, very good advice that these guys gave you along the way. All right. If you have a question for us, say that podcast at gmail.com, the bridgechicago.tumblr.com slash ask. If you want to keep that entirely anonymous, please do join us for the bridge cast every Sunday at 7 p.m. Central Time, uh, or whenever you want to, over at the Facebook page that I'm pretty sure I just mentioned. Again, it's quite late, but uh, you know, facebook.com slash Bridge Chicago. Never heard say it twice. We're going to take out this song this week. A great song to start out 2022. This is Lee's version of the hymn Take My Life and Let It Be. Yeah. A great way to start that off. Take out that. Thanks for listening. Just remember, we love you. God love you. There's nothing you can do about it. The Say That Podcast. We are barely pulling this off, which means you're doing great. (laughs) Take my life and let it be. Consecrated, Lord, to Thee. Take my moments and my Oh, uh-huh.